Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, B-Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining, and as always, thank you for giving me your time and listening. Today, I'm here with... Hello, my name is Jessica Ekwe, a.k.a. Makeup, my passion, that's makeup, M-A passion, and I am, I guess, what, a micro, a nano, influencer, content creator, whatever they call us now, mm-hmm. that is me. Okay. And I live in the world where my content mainly consists of beauty, plus-size fashion, a little bit of lifestyle, and, like, mommy content, because I just recently had a little one. Okay. But, yeah, that's what I do. Hello, oh. y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, just... Deep, uh, you can go deeper into how uh, you got into content creation and what inspired you to get there. Um, I actually have been watching YouTube since the big boom of all the big like influencers. So 2009, I actually had an opportunity to start creating back in 2009, but I let insecurities and lack of not having what I thought I needed to yeah. get started. Mm-hmm. And I could have been like, you know, the Jackie Yannis and up there with all of them had I started back then. But yeah. anyway, um, I've always been into makeup and mm-hmm. I started learning makeup more like I guess professionally I always say I graduated from the University of YouTube at the top of my class (laughs) so I um started watching a lot of YouTubers back in 2009 yeah and learning beauty tips and things like that from them and just following their whole journey which of course eventually led to me starting my own now what's funny is I can't pinpoint exactly when I started or taking content no let's say I really started taking content serious I'll say at the earliest like 2016 Okay, yeah, 2016 yeah. was yeah. Funny. yeah, yeah, like I was <laughs> like 2016, um, but just doing it part time along with doing just like my freelance makeup artistry because I also have like a freelance makeup artistry business. I do bridal uh, specifically along with other needs that people may have as far as just makeup request. So that's how I got into it, and I must say it has been a journey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. So it has what been a journey? So what do you do here at the Marshall School of Business? Oh, I am. I'm the senior event coordinator for the okay. Marshall School of Business. So I got started with Marshall about five years ago with the full-time MBA program. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got moved up in that uh, department to doing all their events and mm-hmm. became their event and budget coordinator. Okay. And then from there, I got hired with the dean's office as their senior event coordinator, which I've been there for about a year now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do these two worlds collide? The content creation, the makeup, oh, man. and the Marshall School of Business? <laughs> you know what? I never thought that they actually did for a while, but I'm actually realizing, no, I'm wrong, they do. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that Marshall has taught me, I'm able to apply to my content creating, as far as my organization skills, as far as my like different little things. Um, For example, recently, you know, everyone's talking about AI, AI, AI. More recently, I've been introduced to AI, it's it's called Claude, Mm -hmm. but um, I actually use that to help me make some like uh, thumbnail, ideas I used it to make like some YouTube description stuff like and all these things I've learned recently with working with Marshall so some of the things that I've learned here I've been able to apply to that business and to be quite honest a good chunk of my I would say support and following are some of my colleagues I feel like yeah um so that's kind of how they intersect um also, too, just being in events, having to be creative, mm-hmm. having to be quick on your feet, having to be able to pivot and adjust, those two definitely apply in both worlds, my creative content creating world and, of course, my professional world. Yeah. So, so Have you ever, you ever been in a space where it was something that you really, really needed, but you forgot it somewhere? Oh, absolutely, all the time. How did you tackle that situation? Um, ooh, it's been times where I've gone on makeup jobs and I forgot my brushes. No. Yes. That one's a hard one. <laughs> but luckily, like I said... This job has taught me how to be quick on my feet, how to pivot. So I actually ended up doing the client's makeup with my fingers. And it actually turned out they wanted something very light. Okay. It wasn't nothing too detailed. It was more so uh, 
skin based, so foundation and things like that, which are all things you can use your fingers to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I asked them if they were comfortable with it. Of course, I sanitized my hands and things like that. They were like, yeah. And it actually came out beautiful. That's um, nice. Because like the warmth of your hands actually really warmed up the product and able to blend beautifully. So we made it work, but that mm-hmm. was a prime example of where I was like, uh, I left my brushes <laughs> at home. I can't go back and get them. We're going to make this work. So. Yeah. so being a creative, I feel like I'm a creative myself now. Absolutely. I'll do... Um, how does being a creator impact the way that you see the world now? Oh, man. Versus before you stepped into the creator world. I feel like I see everything like the Matrix now, like it's all code. <laughs> <laughs> um, just how at least I look at them also, too, as like different worlds. So to be more specific, how ha- how do I look at the creative world? Is that what you're asking me? Mm-hmm. Or just the world in general? Both. Let's do both. Okay. Um, just the world in general. I would say I look at it so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, as a creative, I look at the world as my canvas. I look at the different things that I'm able to draw from and be able to use to create with. I also look at how other creatives look at the world and different things that are going on in the world and what they draw from and how they use it to their crea- like creative advantage. Yeah. Um, how I look at the creative world, how I look at the content creating world, man, so differently. When you, it's almost kind of like when you see a play or you see a movie from the audience perspective, you know, you're just seeing the production that's put together. But when you're actually in it and know each step on how it's done and how it's made, you look at it completely differently. So I look at the content creative world as just that content creating. I always try to tell people social media is smoke and mirrors and do not believe what you see. Yeah, Because if you only knew I'm backstage and I get to see kind of all the strings that are being pulled, do not believe the things you see on social media. It is all smoke and mirrors. It's the, like I said, it's the matrix. Yeah, everybody's just gonna post their highlights. Exactly. Yeah. And even down to why people are posting. What are people posting for? And if you look really carefully, you can kind of see the patterns. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a prime example. I'm listening. Uh, the whole Will and Jada thing. Yeah. Don't you have you noticed that anytime they have a show coming out, a book coming up, a movie, something, some kind of controversy comes oh. up with them. She's talking about her love for Tupac again <laughs> and all this other stuff. And it's a never ending cycle. It's not just her, yeah. their family, but they're just that's just one small example of yeah. many. Even down to I'll use another pop culture, I guess, example, the whole Kiki Palmer thing with the Usher thing and her whole boyfriend thing. What? That was come you couldn't see the writing on the wall. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so what happened? I don't think it was a coincidence that Kiki Palmer played the love interest in Usher's new song that came out. Okay. Of course, to build buzz and clout around that. Yeah. The whole thing that happened with her boyfriend and father of her child tweeting what he tweeted after seeing. I feel like it's all kind of like ways to. Yes. It's all an alley-oop. They're throwing it up. Exactly. (laughs) For us to kind of just feed into. And it works. Yeah, and it works every single time. It works every single time. Without failure. Yes. So that, seeing those patterns, when I feel like when you're in it and doing content creating and things like that, or on social media, you see the patterns, in my opinion, more Mm -hmm. clearly. Yeah. So I hope I answered that well. No, that was a great answer. Okay, good. Uh, A question I had to write on my hand is, how do you... How do you use comparison to get better? Because I know mm-hmm. like a lot of times we can go on social media and end up comparing ourselves to the people that we see next to us or on our following page or yeah. this, this and that. So how do you how can we use the comparison to our, our advantage? Honestly, comparison is a thief of joy. Right. 
one of the reasons why I didn't start YouTube as early as I could have and probably should have was because I was comparing myself to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it robbed me, I feel like, of the chance to be able to get started a lot earlier. Yeah. So honestly, comparison is a thief of joy. What I say is, of course, take the good from, you know, different creators that you may follow or look up to, mm -hmm. but never compare yourself to them because I heard another creative say, she was like, don't compare yourself to somebody who's doing this full time, mm -hmm. who has a whole team. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Because it's completely different. Like, for example, with me, I work full time. I'm only a part time creative or right. a content creator. So I actually would say comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. Take the good, leave the bad yeah. and apply it to your um, whatever it is that you're doing accordingly. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to get swept into, especially I feel like in the beauty category to get swept into comparing yourself to the people who have, you know, all the latest stuff. They have the full team. They're right. posting every day. Yeah. When you got a real life yeah. and a real job, like, and life be lifing, yeah. that's not going to be your journey and right. story. Because so. it's, it's, it's hard to see, like, what's going on. Like you said, it's yeah. all smoke and mirrors. It's hard to see what's going on in their life. So you don't never really know what they had to do to get that opportunity or who they had to exactly. talk to to get that opportunity. Or how big their team is. Exactly. If they or, have a personal assistant that's posting for them versus them doing it themselves, all that other or stuff. Or their mom and dad is somebody that's connected higher up. So it's, mm -hmm. it's it, it, it factors in, a lot of stuff factors into how people get up into the world. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we got to pay more attention to. Exactly. I just can't, I don't know, I, I stopped following like super big celebrities on the mm -hmm. internet because it's, it's it all seems so like not surreal but like no unrelatable. Yeah, it's so For unrelatable, yes. and it's not that I'm hating or just uh, oh they got this this and that. It's if I keep showing myself that I lack mm -hmm. what I want, I never get it. Exactly. So Comparison I just gotta, is a thief of joy. So I'm I just got to make sure I. I keep working within my bubble mm -hmm. and then grow my network. And then eventually, instead of following that person on social media, mm -hmm. I end up meeting them in real life. Because I'd rather meet somebody in real life than just follow them on social media. Exactly. Yeah. And my dad has a saying he used to tell me, because I used to, you know, I'm very much so instant gratification. I want to be there already. Yeah. He's like, don't look at how many steps you have ahead of you or behind you. Just keep walking. Mm -hmm. And when you finally do look up, you'll be exactly where you want it to yeah. be. So, yes, that is a big one. I don't really pay much attention to, like, I mean, to a certain extent, like, bigger celebrities, but, like, most of the people that I'm referring to, of course, are other creatives. Mm -hmm. Some of the higher-up ones, you know, the million-plus follower ones, mm -hmm. all the way down to my category. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's been going on lately? Because I don't really find, I don't, I don't really follow the news. So, is there anything that's been going on lately that's really uh, structured that you want to talk about? Um, One of the things that I'm not super well-versed on it. But one of the things that I feel like isn't getting enough recognition, to give some background, I'm West African. Well, my father's Nigerian, my mother's American. Okay. And why aren't more people talking about what's going on in Congo? What's going on in Congo? So right now, it's a huge... Well, first of all, this is not the first time this has happened in Congo several, several times. Like I said, I'm not super well-versed, mm -hmm. so don't y'all quote me. I highly suggest you guys also doing your own research, but from what little bit I do know... Um, there's a huge genocide going on in Congo right now. What? There's a huge genocide going on in Congo. It has to do with uh, cobalt, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was talking about that in and my philosophy class. Right it's another mineral that they use to create iPhones. Yeah. And without Congo, we would not have it. Mm -mm. So that's one thing I know that's going on that I feel like isn't getting enough recognition. I know a lot of the news is covering what's going on with uh, Palestine and things like that. Yeah. But 
where's the coverage about what's going on with Congo? Yeah. And all those who have interest in making sure that Congo, in essence, still produces this, this resource. So mm-hmm. people are being enslaved to mine these different minerals to help make these iPhones. Pay, some, and then some of the big countries that are backing some of the rebels that are pushing these people into slavery mm-hmm. are the United States, mm. is Israel, mm. is, I want to say France is another one. Because um, mm. if I'm not mistaken, I want to say Congo is a French colonized African country. Don't quote me, but okay. I think it is. Okay. Um, but I don't feel like that's getting enough recognition. They're mm. talking about Palestine, which is fine. Yeah. But why aren't, why aren't they talking about Congo? Yeah. And when I say like, Genocide, I mean like genocide, like you wouldn't believe. Right. And then the cameras mm. can only cover so much, and it's exactly. only so much they can put on social media exactly. that we're not seeing. And also, too, you got to remember, like I said, smoke, like smoke and mirrors. Why aren't we seeing it like that on exactly. social media? Where are those videos going? Because I know that they're being made. I reposted one on uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. Another creative who is from Congo, mm-hmm. she posted it or whatever. It was her video, and I made sure I circulated it. Yeah. But her video was the only one I saw. Why mm-hmm. is that? Exactly. Like, makes you wonder right yeah it do make you wonder because it's like how much are we not seeing we always talk about so how much, much we are seeing on the internet and social media and things like that but how much of it are we like not seeing exactly because the algorithm is so tailored towards what we like and mm-hmm. all the cookies are aimed towards the things that we do and it just it's a big feedback loop and stuff mm-hmm Where's the real news at? Exactly. There is none. Exactly. Unless you go looking for it yourself or some of the few outlets that do provide it, they get labeled as conspiracy pages. They yeah. get labeled as crazy. False information. Yes, fake news. Yeah, all that the stuff yes. that seemed the most real always turn mm-hmm. out to them to be the most fake. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Also, too, like, um, what was I going to say in regards to that? Have you ever seen the movie Now You See Me? Now You See it's a ma- oh. uh, magician movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So a quote from that movie said, while the audience is looking at what they think is the trick, the mm-hmm. real trick is happening somewhere else. Right. So I'm a firm believer that we're getting a lot of the coverage that we're getting about, you know, what's going on with Palestine and was it Israel? Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, that's what the audience is looking at. That's one trick. But the real trick is happening over Behind in Congo. In my opinion. I'm yeah. not saying that's fact. Yeah, and I'm no, not no. here to offend anybody. No, it, it makes sense, though. But yeah, because why can't we cover two big stories at exactly. once? Exactly, and why, like I said, there are quite a few countries that have interest in making sure that Congo keeps producing these resources. Yeah, mm-hmm. big because countries. It so. benefits exactly. us a lot, and we make so much money off of it. Exactly. And if they were to just stop, exactly. it would go crazy. Exactly. Because a lot of, a lot of the times, these people are so settled in making the money that they forget about ethics and mm-hmm. who they are. How does ethics and who you are play a role in who you are today? It's huge. Just trying to make sure. I'm a firm believer. The energy you put out is the energy you get in return. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to be more of a positive being in this existence Mm -hmm. rather than a negative one. I try to pump out more positive energy in this existence versus negative. I feel like we have enough. Yeah. Um, And... To add to what you were saying as far as that, it's just it's, it's simple capitalism. Yeah. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that that machine keeps running. Mm-hmm. And that's Congo is just one of the many countries in Africa. Africa, in my opinion, as a whole, so many countries have their I can't cuss on here. huh? You can. It's explicit. Uh, OK. <laughs> I was going to say so many countries, in my opinion, um, have their hands so far up Africa's ass, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's been like that for I don't even know how long. Mm. Um, just uh, a lot of the natural resources from uh, 
cocoa powder, um, like what's going on in Congo. Everybody knows, everyone always talks about diamonds and gold, but it's more than just that. It's so many resources that actually come from Africa mm -hmm. that so many countries are invested to make sure keeps coming from them mm -hmm. at all costs. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, what is it? It's like, I forget what it's called, but I learned it in business class, and it's like uh, the media is painted it a certain way mm -hmm. so we all perceive it a certain way exactly because like a lot of people don't even know that africa is actually like a beautiful country exactly because if you go around and you ask people that's like not from africa or like never seen it they'll be like oh they must be short of water this isn't that yes. like it's painted as like villages and just mm -hmm. kids who don't have enough to eat but it's really a beautiful country it's amazing africa is a beautiful continent it's funny you say that when i was 14 I just finished graduating um, junior high. I was on my way to high school. Mm -hmm. So for the summer, my family went to Nigeria, like decided to go to Nigeria. I did not want to go. Yeah. I did not want to go. Even up until the night before, I'm like, I'm not going. I'm not <laughs> packing. I don't want to go because of the image that I had been fed for right. so many years. Long story short, we were there for six weeks. That was the best summer of my life to wow. this day. The best summer I've ever had. Yeah. It was so much fun. Like, I wouldn't have traded that experience for the world, and I thank my parents every day yeah. that I got a chance to experience that. And I always tell my dad, the best thing you ever gave me was, was culture. Oh, it was culture. Talk about your roots. Yeah. Well, how much do you, I'm, I'm listening. That's another question I want to ask. Is, Honestly, I think it's important, especially being, as, as Dr. Umar would say, yeah. um, one part foundational African-American or whatever, and the other part being actual West African. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that foundational African-Americans know that, yes, this may be all you know, the United States, and this may have been where you were born, but don't forget this is not home. Right. Like, that's home. Mm -hmm. And at least go see it. I get it that this is all you know. I mm -hmm. get it that, well, I was born here. This is home. Yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. But not really. It's really important to actually know where you came from, mm -hmm. what that land looks like, how beautiful and how important that land is, and how this world would not spin without it. Right. So I I think that's, I'm like so grateful. I always tell my dad, the best thing you've ever given me was culture, mm -hmm. was knowing exactly where I come from, the right. food. Like for me, yeah, I like soul food, but for me, soul food is Nigerian food. Right. Jollof rice, agusi soup, okra soup. Like, I'm learning as we speak right now. <laughs> making my mouth water. Like <laughs> <laughs> what I tell you, that's soul food to me. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I still like the macaroni and cheese and all that other good stuff here, but like soul food, soul food, Nigerian yeah. food, easily. So stepping into a new world, because mm -hmm. I've said many times before on my podcast that coming from Detroit all the way to California. Oh, you're from Detroit? Awesome. Yeah, I'm from Detroit. So it's like, it's a whole new world, and it's so much that I experience every day. And mm -hmm. the only way you can experience is if you step out. You have to take the first step. Exactly. Nobody's going to help you if they, if they don't see you helping yourself. Exactly. Nobody's going to give you a helping hand if you... Nobody's going to want to do it for you, mm -hmm. but they'll help you do it. Mm -hmm. But you got to take steps in the right direction. Exactly. Because now I'm in the podcasting room, mm -hmm. and I went from my iPad in my room. So it's like, <laughs> so it's, like it's it's crazy how um, being the one to help yourself, not in like a selfish way, oh, I hate everybody, oh, I have to do it all by myself, this, this, and that, but in a way that's uplifting. Mm -hmm. You got to you gotta be the change that you want to see. Exactly. And even if you don't stay with the change that you want to see, as long as you step in the right direction, maybe the universe will bring something to you that'll help you exactly. find the change that you want to see. Find okay. somebody to collaborate with. Find exactly. a new friend. Mm -hmm. And another thing I want people to know is that friends can be temporary, mm -hmm. but you don't have to burn the bridges that's like that um come with them. Mm -hmm. You can keep the bridges. 
Because what if you want to cross the bridge again later? Exactly. If you go around burning every bridge that you see because you feel like, oh, I fell out with so-and-so or this, this, and that, then you're not going to have too many resources to go back to because every time somebody did you wrong, you turn around and... Burn the bridge. Exactly. exactly. I agree. And... That comes with age and maturity, too, I feel like, sometimes. Go into it. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, that comes with age and maturity sometimes, I feel, as well. Um, at least for me, mm-hmm. it took me having a touch fire a couple times to know that it was hot. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Not everybody... Some people are in your life for a season. Some people are like in your life for a reason. Mm-hmm. I always say... Um, Extract the lessons from every experience that you have. Okay. Like, even if it was a negative one, extract the lesson from it, because obviously it was something that the universe is trying to teach you. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer if it's a lesson that you don't learn, it repeats. It, it repeats will repeat until itself. You do. And it keeps showing itself. Exactly. And it'll flash red. Exactly. It'll, 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 it'll be an earthquake <laughs> exactly. before you understand. Amber alert, seriously. Yeah. And it's going to keep giving you the challenge because it knows you can handle it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they step into a new world or into a new activity and they go, oh, I can't handle this or I can't do it. If you couldn't do it, it wouldn't be there for you to exactly. do. You just got to find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's more it's, it's more than one way around the mountain yeah. than through it. I, I received that. I needed to hear that. That was, the universe, <laughs> that was the universe talking to me through you just now. Yeah. Because that's a good point. What? Um, Just if you if you weren't capable of doing it, it wouldn't be in your path to do mm-hmm. just adjusting just to my new life as like a mom and all this other good stuff yeah can and we like, get into that absolutely go ahead how was that um, journey for you how is it now just I, listening i always say motherhood is the best hood i've ever lived in <laughs> <laughs> so far so good but um adjusting to your new normal adjusting to your new routine definitely can be a little challenging. I know for me, first and foremost, one of my biggest things was I didn't want to lose myself once I became a mom. It's very easy for women to lose themselves once they become mothers. And that was huge for me that I didn't do that because it took me so long to find her. Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose her again. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. And I've been clinging on to that. But just sometimes I find it hard trying to balance everything. I'm like, man, I got to, you know, balance work. Got to balance my partnership, got to balance my, you know, my child and family. And of course, my I'm one of four girls. So I got three sisters. Yes. So (laughs) like that trying to balance family life, work life. Mm -hmm. You still supposed to eat right. You still Mm -hmm. supposed to hang out with your friends. You supposed to work out. I'm like, and read a book. I'm like, I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to balance everything. Yeah. Bro, sometimes it feels like I, you know, like I'm going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. But like you said, if it, I wasn't able to, if I wasn't capable, it wouldn't be in my path. And my partner, my significant other, is always reminding me how capable I am. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes easier said than done or mm-hmm. easier to hear than fully believe. Right. But that's very true. Okay. That is very true. So I received that message that you just gave. Nice. So how old is your daughter? Oh, my son, he is six oh, months. Son, I apologize. No, no, you're okay. But you yeah, didn't know. Yeah. Okay. He's six months. I didn't even introduce it right. Um, yeah. I have a six-month-old son. We mm-hmm. just had him in April. First first one and only. Wait, April what? April 15th. Oh, When's your birthday? Probably, no, my birthday is February 8th, but my oh. little sister's birthday is April 1st. Really? Yeah. Okay. His dad's birthday is April 5th, and then 10 days later, he came along April yeah. 15th, which is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my first, in, first little one, and it's been great so far. I wanted a little boy. I got a little boy. He is the best. He has the best energy, the best sense of humor. He's a great kid. That's like good. Me and my partner always saying, like, man, he's a real cool dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he really is. Because like, 
like, she's growing as you're growing. Yes, Because it's all is. of our first times here. Exactly. Yeah. So we're growing together for sure. Yeah. We are. We are. So, so far, so good. So okay. far, so good. So one thing I wanted to ask you about that is mm-hmm. in raising this new human being, mm-hmm. he's your son, but he's also a new human being exactly. that's going to be inside the world. How do you want to, because uh, we all have an inner child. Mm-hmm. That's what I end up wanting to connect the question yes. to. We all have an inner child, one that we not so much as lost years ago, but one that can get construed mm-hmm. as we grow up. And a lot of the times that inner child has some dreams that were unfulfilled. How do you feel like you're going to help heal your own inner child as you raise a little child? You know, I have a whole list. And I never, it's funny because I didn't want to have children originally, but Mm -hmm. I was open to it if I met someone who made it worth it, which of course, obviously I did. Yeah. But I always had a list of things. I had a great childhood. Yeah. Super amazing parents. That's good. Um, But there was still a list of things that I wanted to do different. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, it's really big for me to tell my son every chance that I get that I love him. Right. I feel like, especially in black households and families, sometimes it's not said as much as it should be. Yeah. And um, so that's one thing. That's one generational curse I want to break. Another generational curse that I'm breaking um, that some people aren't a fan of, but I will not be whipping my child. Okay. I will not be whipping him. If okay. you uh, just do the research on it, the anxiety and mental health issues that it causes later on. Mm-hmm. And also, too, if you do your research on where it came from and why we do it in the first place. I'm listening. Um, it's linked back to slavery. Right. No different than if on uh, plantations. If there was a slave that didn't listen, what did they do? They beat their ass, right? <laughs> Right? (laughs) Yeah. Same thing. And I just want to break that cycle for him. I think that we're able to raise him and discipline him without having to put our hands on him. Right. So that's another generational curse I'm breaking. Um, Another one that's big for me is I want us to be able to sit down as a family every night and have dinner. Mm -hmm. Put our phones away. Mm -hmm. Set the table. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down and have family time and have dinner every night if we can. Yeah. Um, And just make as many core memories as we can. I want to you know, show him the world, let him not just live, but exist. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, not just exist, but live. Yeah. Um, experience different cultures. Right. See that the world is bigger than just this place. See where you come from and mm-hmm. what people, you know, that look like you, where mm-hmm. they live and what their lives are like. And just give him as much culture as possible and as much experience as possible. So that's, that's what I want to do. He's going to be a great guy. I hope so. He's going to be a chill guy. <laughs> oh, He's going to be all laid back. I hope so, he dude. Like, whoo, we try. So. But yes, I know it's kind of early, but how do you want to like attack education mm-hmm. and how do you want to like implement technology within his life? For me, I've already come to the conclusion and understanding that, yes, he's going to have his own curriculum. And so if I had it my way, if I hit the lottery tomorrow, I would homeschool my child. Right. And I say that because I have more control mm-hmm. over the curriculum and what he learns and teaching him what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Teaching him who Mensa Musa is, mm-hmm. teaching him about different African heroes, uh, African heroes that they don't involve in the curriculum, like Patrice Lumumba and Thomas Sankara yeah. and things like that. Um, but I know that I'm not at that point and I don't have that luxury. So I know he's going to get one education and I know we're going to have to provide another. Yeah. So I even have like a list of books that I want him to read that mm-hmm. for us to read as a family. They try audio books now. Yes. He can't, even yes. if he don't speak English. Are you going to teach yes. him another language? Oh, I'm going to try. Okay. <laughs> okay. So wait, wait. So that's how I'm going to attack education. Me and his father are both very hands-on. This is another reason why I want to just have one child. Yeah. I'm always told, oh, he needs a sibling, he needs a sibling. Listen, I only got the bandwidth for one. Right. I can uh, give him all, all I got to this one. I can't do it for multiple. But um, 
we do do audio books. We do. I do want to teach him Igbo because I didn't learn Igbo. What's Igbo? Uh, Igbo is the tribal language that my father speaks. So there's different tribes. The okay. big three for Nigerians, it's Igbo, Yoruba, and Hausa. Those are the big three that I know of. Okay. There are other ones too, but like the main three that you normally hear about. But I don't speak Igbo, which mm-hmm. bothered my grandmother when we went home to visit, like why my dad didn't teach us Igbo. Mm-hmm. And it does kind of bother me that all my cousins speak Igbo and I don't. Oh, you like the left, the right, one left out. That right. sucks. So, that sucks, especially when it's around the cousins. Exactly. Like, oh, I, I can understand it. a little bit of broken, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm able to teach him a little bit of Igbo and learn myself, I think that would be great. Also, to another foreign language that surprised me, I actually ended up really liking. I started learning American Sign Language in college. Oh, ASL. Yes. I got up to about second level. Okay. And I even said I was willing to revisit it with my child because it was a great a great way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And um, also, too, I feel like I'm you know planning ahead. I listen to music really loud. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I'm losing my hearing as I get older. Okay. So I'm like, yeah. it's better we learn now. Yeah. But um. Those two languages, for sure, I would like to try to incorporate. And if there's any other foreign language he wants to learn, I want to make sure he has whatever opportunities, whatever he wants to do creatively, educationally, I'm going to support my child no matter what. No matter what. So I hope I answered that well. No, that was beautiful. (laughs) Okay, So getting back into you is like... um, What's your learning style? Do you have a certain learning style? Do I'm you a have visual a set learner. way that you like to learn? Tell me about it. I'm a visual and learner. How did you discover that? Um, because, for example, let's say for to use when I'm planning events with my team. Okay. I close my eyes and I visualize. They, they're telling me, they're talking to me. Okay, we want this, we want this. It's mm-hmm. in this space. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally drawing it in my head. Yeah. Or I'm standing in this space looking around and visualizing mm-hmm. it. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I learned very quickly. I'm a visual learner. Okay. Also, too, um, you know, growing, going through the school system, you have certain teachers that really stick out to you because they have different ways of teaching you. And I noticed Mm -hmm. that I was always the kid that adapted better to teachers that had those different teaching styles Mm -hmm. versus the super traditional teaching style. I do much better with the more creative teacher that's Mm -hmm. like, you know, Mm -hmm. versus that just regular, let's read this chapter, let's look at this, let's write notes on the board. So that's how I learned that I was a visual learner very early. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Dang, what kind of learner am I? I was about to say, what kind of learner are you? The what? I feel like it's, I don't want to, Oh, it's very complex. I don't know. I can never. I don't. But I, I like to soak up information from everything that I do. So, every second, I feel like I'm learning. Everything, okay. everything that I look at, I feel like I can learn from it. Okay. I can see something from it. I can. What can I learn from this situation? Even if it's the most bland situation, I could be taking a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. I want to conceptualize that walk in the park, but I don't want to make it like. Uh, oh, so complicated. Oh, I'm Batman. Yeah. But no, like, I get you. But like, I'm like, dang. I just ask questions, and if the me answers too. come to me, they come to me. I look at people. I say, dang, I wonder what's going on in his life. And then I try to break down this human being, see see, uh, see how his body language. I like mm-hmm. to look at body language a lot. See how people uh, move around other, other people. Like, okay. I can be social at times. Uh-huh. Other times, I like to, like, sit back and just get a feel for everybody in the room. My partner's the same way. Yeah, I just, yeah. just want to see what everybody talking about. See what everybody... Just listen in and see how people interact with each other because human inter- human interaction is one of the most like entertaining things ever. Yeah. I love to people watch. I can sit and people watch all day. Oh, day! I love to people watch. That's one of my favorite things to do. People are so interesting. They're very interesting, and they're more interested than we than we think. Yeah, yes. than we can like see them to be. So mm-hmm. my learning style is just however it's coming at me. Mm-hmm. Try to summarize it to myself in a way that a five year old could understand it. Mm-hmm. Put it in my head. And 
mess shit with stuff that I already know, stuff that I've been learning already, and that way it's easier to recall. I don't have, I don't really need to have a separate folder for everything, but it's like, if somebody were to say something, my brain would jump to whatever part of the brain is working, and it just start just regurgitating information that I learned. Okay. And I've been learning that um, I can read at a, like a super fast pace. Okay. And I can take in information and be able to spit it back out at a super fast pace. Well, then it sounds like you are learning divergent. Like you're all of them. Your <laughs> yeah, audio, your visual. Yeah. Like, okay. And one thing I, I, I'm been recognizing is that when I'm listening to people talk, mm-hmm. I don't want to give them like, well, right now this is a conversation, mm-hmm. so I'm giving you direct contact. Mm-hmm. But if eye contact but if somebody were to like be explaining something to me mm-hmm. I kind of like to look off to the side and while it's coming in I'm building this whole picture this, this entire yes. movie around what they telling me I just love to hear stories Yes, and I've been soaking up movies movies are so important and yes. they're more important than we may think than, exactly. than just being entertaining the type of movies that you watch will shape your life because mm-hmm. you're sitting down and you're giving this picture an hour or two maybe even three hours now of your time and it's sitting here changing your values right in front of you mm-hmm. because it's going in and now you believe in the character. You become an actor. Exactly. As much as we don't see it or feel it, we can feel it after the movie. You walk out the movie, mm-hmm. say you get down watching, uh, you get down watching Scarface at the movie. Now you feel like you can run a cartel. Exactly. You're like, I know where I wouldn't go. Exactly. I know what I wouldn't do. But like, what's your favorite type of movies? Like, what's, what's some Ooh. stuff you learned from movies? Well. As a full-on conspiracy theorist, <laughs> um, I was actually going to give you one to watch. I think you were like, it's an old, either 80s, uh, late 80s, early 90s movie called uh, They Live. Okay. Watch They Live, brother. Trust me. You okay. will like it. Give me you a will little, like it. Give me a little preview of it. What's um, it about so everybody else can know? They Live pretty much is, uh, it's about a guy finding out that every, it's about simulation theory, in okay. essence. If you What's know simulation anything about, theory? Let's so go. pretty much the idea that we live in a simulation that everything we see is not real. Okay. So this is kind of like the Matrix before the Matrix. Right. Um, but in this particular movie, it shows who's actually... Oh, mm-hmm. No, go, 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 go. Okay. In this particular movie, it actually is showing um, that there are others, other beings that live among us. Yeah. And because of the simulation, we didn't see them until we put on these like specific glasses. Like it's, when you get high. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It's called They Live. If yeah. you're able to check it out, it's a very good movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, my favorite kind of movies, well, my favorite genre is horror. Okay. I feel like any... Oh, I've been watching the Saw movies. Yes. Do you like the Saw movies? And I like, but see, I like horror for different reasons. Not just because they're scary and things like that, but I love to watch the FX makeup in it. Like, oh. that's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I specialize in beauty, but I still love other genres of makeup, including FX. I keep saying I want to get into it, but I'm not going to lie, I'm a little scared. You just got to start. <laughs> I just know. Start, just start. I know. Just, and I, you today, know just start. Just the reason why I say I'm scared is because I know how long it took me to perfect beauty to where it mm-hmm. got to a point that I liked. Yeah. So I know I got to start all over again yeah. if I do FX and it's going to be rough. But I do want to do FX because it's just one of the it's one of the mediums that I love. But yeah. um, horror is probably my favorite genre. But I would say, yeah, I'll say horror is my favorite genre. But I really kind of like the, you know, the Matrix kind of conspiracy theory, simulation theory kind of mm-hmm. movies. Because um, it kind of, it be kind of making sense. No, seriously. I, <laughs> my dad used to always tell me, you can't learn anything from TV. Like Man, growing up as a kid, that's not true. That is not true. I learned what Magnolias are because of a movie. Mag- Still Magnolia is one of my mom's favorites. A lot, I've learned so many different little things mm-hmm. from movies, yeah. from TV shows. Yeah. So... Also, too, I'm a firm believer that every, especially with movies and TV shows and things like that, it's mm-hmm. all intentional for a reason. Even listen, yeah. like television. Yeah. Tell a vision. Wow. 
Never so what is exactly? Yeah. So that's exactly what they what it does. It tells a vision. Yeah. I um, want to jump in. It yes. was uh the part about reality that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Last night I watched this movie called A Beautiful Mind. Oh yes, have yes, you yes, seen yes, that yes. movie? No, I haven't. I've heard it. I heard it's a good one. Yeah, it's about this. Uh, I forget what his profession is. That the one was. with Russell Crowe? I don't know. I don't know directors by or actors by their okay, names. Okay. Okay. But it focused on this guy named John Nash. Mm-hmm. I forgot what John Nash did, but he ended up winning the Nobel Peace Prize. But in the movie, he was a super smart guy, but he ended up being diagnosed with schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. And so, after I got done watching the movie, I was like, people with schizophrenia might not be that crazy. I, I don't think they're crazy at all. I feel like they can just see another level of reality that we can't see. Exactly. They're and more so, tapped in than we are. Yeah, so it was like, I'm thinking like, reality is really just however we perceive life. I wish I brought my notebook, because I sat yeah. down and I wrote about it, but it was like, dang, what did I say? I'm trying to remember verbatim, but it was something like, I've been reading a book called The Psychology of Money, mm-hmm. and he talked about... Um, oh, I have that one. Yeah, it's a I really good it's book. It's a really good book. And he talked about how uh, our actions and what we do isn't necessarily crazy. It may seem crazy to other people because they don't understand our experiences and what we go through. Mm-hmm. And I was relating that to the movie, and then I was relating that to what I was saying was like, reality is what we make it, and our experiences are what drive it. Exactly. So if you want a different reality, you have to go get new experiences. And new experiences don't just jump out the blue. Like I said in the beginning, mm-hmm. you just got to start. Exactly. But you got to pick an experience that you really, really want. You got to really, really focus on it. Exactly. And I always used to like, um, not bash, but like not really believe in journaling. Mm-hmm. But I've been getting into it more and I've been getting really consistent with it. And I can see it starting to manifest itself yes. and it's starting to work. So what you want to do is... You take your um, uh, what was I saying? You take your experience or your vision that you want to have and that you want to make a reality. You write it down. When you wake up, you write the things that you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. What's the most important task for that day? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the fourth one? Um, what you've been doing good lately, and lastly, what could you be doing better? Yes. And all of those, or well, especially, uh, what's the most important task of the day? Even if you don't get it done completely. As long as you tackle it at mm-hmm. some angle, as mm-hmm. long as you touch it, your brain is going to see it, see that uh, action that's complete. Mm-hmm. We analyze what we are good at or what we've been doing because it reinforces the action mm-hmm. and it helps it happen again. Mm-hmm. It's like when you have a good dream, you want to have that dream again? Tell the dream it was good, it'll come back. Okay. Um, The last one was, uh, what could we begin better at? This one is more like you're just analyzing yourself. And even if you feel like you've been doing nothing wrong, just find something. Mm-hmm. Just, just nitpick at it and just say, boom, this is what I've been doing wrong. I can be doing it better. Yes. Uh, before you go to sleep, this is free game. I shouldn't be giving this away for free. <laughs> but, before, <laughs> but before you go to sleep, you want to take a journal. Uh, so you did your morning. Now you at the night, right before you go to sleep. And you ask your brain, you ask yourself, what is something that I want my brain to bring to me while I'm asleep? And your brain will start to find these... Uh, I'm going to use that one. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done that one yeah, before. Yeah, your brain will start to find like things deep in your subconscious mind because we process so much stuff mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis that it, it can be hard to like remember everything that we process. So you only remember like the big chunks of the day, but you, you can like look back at the day and be like, dang, what did I eat for breakfast? So it's yeah. stuff like that that can get lost, but it's still in there. The brain is like an unlimited hard drive. Exactly. So you go in. You tell your brain what you wanted to find while you're asleep, and it'll bring it to you the next day. So you ask your brain, what do I want to find um, 
what do I want my brain to bring to me while I'm sleeping or something like that. Okay. Just structure the question or something like that. And then the second question is, what do I want my brain to get rid of while I'm asleep? Ooh. Yeah. What do I want my brain to find when I'm sleeping? And what do I want my brain to get rid of while I'm yeah. sleeping? Okay. Because although it's, a, yeah, although it's an unlimited hard drive, you still got to save you gotta some storage. Some, yeah, you got, you got some say. storage you got to dump because it just start to be like getting mixed up in there. So once you start to delete the things you don't need anymore, you'll have space to start to bring in all these new things that mm. the brain want to bring in and that it wants to bring into your life. And it can seem it can be hard to like see the effects within like two days. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, if you give it like a week or two. Yeah, that's how you build a habit. Everything will start to become everything More clear. Is, yeah, everything will start to come to you easier. Mm-hmm. Even stuff you ain't thought about in a minute, it'll start to come easier. I'm a firm believer, like I mentioned earlier, the energy you put out is the energy you get in return. Journaling mm-hmm. is huge because mm-hmm. manifestation is real. I don't care what nobody says. Yeah. Manifestation is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this book a long time ago called The Secret, where the they secret. talked about that. Okay. Um, and another thing you mentioned, I'm just going to lightly go back and touch on where you were saying you don't believe schizophrenic people are crazy. Yeah. I don't either. I feel like uh, I heard a quote. I want to say Will Smith may have said this. Uh, yeah. Is being the only sane person make you crazy? I think that was in like I wrote about a quote he had said. Okay. And that's real stuff. I'll never forget. I met a guy when I was in college. Um, I was waiting on a bus stop headed back home. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes up to me. He goes, Hi. My name is Marion, yeah. the computer guy. Yeah. Probably the most, like, probably one of the smartest people I've ever met. He was yeah. he was homeless. He yeah. was in the house. Mm-hmm. And he gave me his card. He said he fixes, uh, he, he repairs computers and things like that or whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. So just to show you how funny the universe works, I was in college at the time. I was in one of my speech classes, mm-hmm. sitting next to a classmate, and I'm telling him, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was over. Because he told me where he lived. I said, oh, I was over there getting my nails done yeah. like a couple weeks ago. I met this guy. He said, Miriam, the computer guy? Oh. He knew exactly who I was talking about. I was like, yeah, how did you know? He was like, dude, it's brilliant. Yeah. And I'm like, really? He was like, yes. He was like, because um, he lives in that area. He was like, yeah, I see him all the time. He was like, he used to work for the government, I think doing like uh, cybersecurity or something. Mm. And went crazy, quote unquote. Now he's unhoused. He was like, um, yeah, he was telling me about it that he got blackballed, and that's why he no longer works in that industry. And yeah, it's cra- long story short, the man was not crazy. Yeah, I say all that to say, mm-hmm. um, but to full circle, come back to what you were mentioning. I'm gonna use that. So, what my brain? What do what do I want my brain to recall while I'm sleeping? Or bring to you? It bring can be something to me new. while I'm sleeping. And then, what do yeah. I want my brain to get rid of while mm-hmm. I'm sleeping? So it can be negative energy, mm-hmm. bad. People, I like that. People that don't belong here, and you can ask for more opportunities and whatever it is that you want. You can mm-hmm. you can make it broad, but you want to be specific in a way. Okay. So, like you could say, I want to be more famous in the entertainment industry. The entertainment history. Industry is huge, so it'll take longer for the brain to find that information, but it'll end up finding you. Mm-hmm. But if you could say, okay, I want to be good in the producing industry, and then producing industry X, Y, Z. If you can do that, the brain will bring it to you in one way, shape, or form. And it might not be the exact thing that you're looking for, but it'll be around the same thing that will end up getting to the path that you want to be on. Mm-hmm. And another thing about interesting individuals is that, yeah, like you were saying, these people are not crazy. I don't think so. And it's so easy to call somebody crazy when you don't understand what they've been going through. Exactly. And I feel like that's all what fear and misunderstanding is. Mm-hmm. It's when you, um, fear and misunderstanding is just when, uh, oh no, my bad. Mm-hmm. Fear is misunderstanding. Exactly. It's hard to be scared of something that you understand. Exactly. Because if you were scared of a scary movie and then you 
understood the story behind the scary movie, you'd be like, oh. I or saw why. how they made it. Yeah. You wouldn't be scared of it if, anymore. If you were the one who produced the movie, it's kind of impossible yeah, to be scared, be scared of it because you know everything exactly. that's going into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, i probably tackle that another day. But, like, just understand misunderstanding is what leads to fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's something? Have you challenged any stereotypes? Hmm. I feel like I do every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I do every day from the way that I speak. I've been told, especially growing up by other uh, black kids, oh, you talk white, even though I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> I'm like, I used to always say, how do I talk a color? Um, and, and I hate the fact that speaking properly is equated to speaking white. I hate that with yeah. the passion. So that's one. Mm-hmm. Um Another stereotype that I feel like I tackle every day is, well, at least more recently, where I'm a huge believer in how you carry yourself. My uncle used to always say, the way you carry yourself is an unspoken language amongst people or like among people. Mm-hmm. No matter how you're feeling, no matter what you're going through, pull yourself together and make yourself feel good in a certain way. Like right now, I don't feel 100% like myself now that I'm yeah. a mom. I've gained weight and all these other things like that. And I still tackle that stereotype of falling into that slump of letting myself go by getting up and pulling myself together, still dressing cute, even if I'm not feeling my best. Mm -hmm. Um, Another stereotype that I feel like I tackle every day is the idea that I can't do it all. What I mean by that is, oh, you can't be a mom and work full time and be a creative and have these little businesses here. Bullshit. Why you can't? Why you can't? Like, you know what I'm like, why? Watch me. Why can't I? Like, yeah. so that's another thing. Um, I feel like I try. Mm-hmm. Another stereotype, another stereotype that I feel like I'm trying to make sure I'm breaking and tackle every day is the stereotype of the original black family. Mm. It's important to me that my son has that, that, and how... Just for example, right? My son is only six months. He's already milestones ahead as far as a lot of his mobility. Yeah. Him crawling and things like that. I 100% attribute that to his father. Mm -hmm. His father is the one that taught him Mm -hmm. how to crawl. They're working on walking next. Like, So what I mean by I'm tackling that stereotype of making sure that we stay an intact African-American family. Yeah. So I hope I answered that well. No, that's great. Okay, cool. We can... We can sort of wrap it up now. Do, okay, you, do you have like a quote of the day? A quote of the day? Or yes. something you just want to get up? I'm listening. Yes. Mm-hmm. My quote of the day, which I feel like is my quote of the year. Comparison is a thief of joy. Mm-hmm. Don't let it. Don't let it. Don't compare yourself to nobody. Comparison is the thief of joy. Just stay in your lane and do know not every, your story, it's not a one size fit all life. Yeah. Your story is different from the next person's story. We'll have some similarities, but it's not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And don't expect it to be. Yeah. Oh, one thing I want to close off with. Mm-hmm. This me versus me stuff. Stop. I, the idea of it is cool. I understand it. But instead of making it me versus me, make it me with me. And then yes. I'll, I'll tackle that another time. But all thank right. you for joining. Of course. Right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Oh, wait. Follow me on all my social media at Makeup M-A Passion. Makeup My Passion, that's TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. All right. All right.